We've never liked the term human trafficking. Uh, it's too cleansed. It, 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 it sounds, sounds like a different version of civil engineering or something. It seems like the bad guys came up with that term to hide how awful uh, they are. We're talking about slavery. Rape slavery. Often sex slavery. Exploitation of children. Yeah. Opal Singleton is the president and CEO of Million Kids. It's a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to keeping kids safe from predators. Uh, Opal's experience in in this world is long. Too long to mention, but she has worked with and for law enforcement dealing with the sexual exploitation of kids and adults for a very long time, uh, locally, uh, nationally, internationally, um, and is really one of the leading lights in this field. Reading from the information you sent us, human trafficking is the fastest growing crime in America. Three out of four cases are U.S. citizens, mostly are young people who have been lured, tricked, or forced into prostitution or sextortion, which is a term I hadn't heard before, but how are young people being lured, tricked, or forced into this? Well, it's partly gangs, but it's mostly social media because gangs also use social media. And um, it happens in many ways. I've written a book on it called Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers. I've been working with this for about 10 years. And usually what happens is it begins with a fantasy relationship, whether it is through social media, someone they've never met that they begin to build up, or someone they meet in school that maybe is a gang member that they begin to fantasize and and the relationship becomes unrealistic and they become totally dedicated and most of this is happening through social media and mostly to girls i'm thinking well actually there is a new study out about sextortion which is usually where it'll often start and let me clarify that word it means sex and extortion combined and so Uh, The new study says that it's happening to more guys than girls, which is my experience. Since I work with law enforcement, I work with rural cases. And I have uh, followed that for a long time. And a lot of people were saying it was more girls. It is really often more guys through video gaming. And I'll get to that in a minute. But basically, if it happens through sextortion, they'll either have a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship in real person where they give a naked photo, and then the, the relationship breaks up and they start getting blackmailed. Uh, more often than not, what happens is they meet someone on the Internet and they develop this kind of fantasy relationship. They're, they're thinking that it's like Justin Bieber. And uh, the predator will only give our kids three or four pieces of information, and our kids make up the rest. And so what is happening is they start fighting with their parents as they become more loyal to this person in their fantasy. And the parents don't realize that what's happening is they're not arguing with the boyfriend, they're not arguing with the um, child, they're arguing with the fantasy. And if you get in a tug of war with the fantasy, you're going to lose. Wow, so uh, I get the hook then being in, the kid is convinced they have this relationship. How does the transition happen then to being exploited? Well, it can happen many ways. Uh, In some cases, for sex trafficking, what will happen is they will get them to run away, to meet up with them, to go out and uh, fall in love, move, uh, you know, basically get away from the family, and then they're put into forced prostitution. That's one avenue. Just real quickly, so people get an idea of the, the scope of the problem, does that happen to 10 kids a year in America, 100, how many? 
they believe about 300,000 kids a year in America are involved in sex trafficking. And this new study is indicating that if it's in sextortion, which we'll go into in a minute, it's about 2 million kids a year. So there are hundreds of thousands of Johns, then, who want to have sex with underage girls. And guys. And guys, that's that's troubling enough right there. It is a scary thing that's happening. They they advertise them on the Internet. Uh, I'm involved working with uh, the local sheriff department here in Southern California, and uh, they conduct reverse stings. The last one they did, they thought the sex buyer thought they were going to have sex with a 16-year-old, and they had 10 guys in less than two hours and had to stop because there was no place to stash them. And they shot all those guys? That's what I'm hoping how this story ends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I wish. wish. <laughs> wow, so 300,000 per year. You know, listen, and uh, I hesitate to even say this. All of us understand the historical weight of slavery in the United States, specifically right. uh, black people in the 1800s and the terrible damage that did and civil rights movement and the rest of it. If you're if you don't like human bondage, there is an enormous problem right now and you can be a, an abolitionist right now. Yes, you can. Actually, it's, um, it's an interesting thing that is happening because uh, our kids get into it, and in many ways it kind of gets um, made into a melodramatic thing. What happens is the way to combat this is to help foster kids, homeless kids, runaway, and pregnant kids because they are the most likely targets of being forced into sex trafficking. Uh, especially foster kids, 60% of kids that are in prostitution, commercial sex, come from the foster care family or from the foster care net- network. And that, the reason that, is just, that, that is just horrible. And we've talked about that a lot over the years. But, man, if there's one thing we need to, to turn our government's eye toward, it's the whole foster system. Oh, my God. It's, it's really crazy. Where I come from, I actually have these I Believe in You bracelets, and I go out and, and uh, educate. I've now educated more than a quarter of a million people on this. The most important thing that you can do to combat sex trafficking in America is not wait outside the motel to get the cartel, but learn to find uh, kids from group homes and foster homes and let them know you believe in them. Create programs for them. Because if you think about it, the only difference between you and I and a foster kid is I had somebody who thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. They're going through puberty, they get social media, and they are convinced that there's somebody out there that's going to believe in them. And that's what a pimp is selling a young girl. I believe in you, baby. Mm. So I always say, if you will, especially as males, if you will be a strong moral male with good boundaries, and you learn four words, I believe in you, and you go home tonight and practice 15 ways to say that, you can change the world of sex trafficking. And if you want to get them a bracelet, you can get those at www.meandkids.org for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. But it will change the kid's life because what they're looking for is love. And that's true whether they're, they end up as a victim of of sex trafficking or a victim of sex extortion. Boy, that is so obviously true, but I don't think I've ever heard anybody position it from that angle before. That's the heartbreaking notion, right? That at the root right. of all this, it's just kids that are it, it, that are lonely. Either you know they're not getting it from their own parents, or they, or they have no parents. That's just awful. Right. Well, for well, what it's it worth, is- I said for years and years when I was uh, raising daughters that my daughters are never going to be desperate for a man to love them because they'll know there is one. 
Um, and I great. just I think that's so important. But the foster kids who there, but for the grace of God, go all of us. You bet. Um, what an enormous problem. Anyway, we could talk about that all day, and we'll talk about it for the rest of our careers. But how? Let's talk a little bit more about the internet and and how it's this incredible tool for good and knowledge and and freedom and the rest of it. But has has turned uh, the entire globe into some back street in Bangkok in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I'm actually in the process of almost finishing my next book called Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most extraordinary time in all of history because by 2020, our kids will be the first generation of young people that will be able to reach the entire world, and the entire world can reach them, literally almost 6 billion people. And if you think of this, 87% of kids sleep with their phone. That's why I say it's a home without walls, because at 3 in the morning, in their underwear, in their most vulnerable place, a total stranger can come in and access, groom, recruit, and exploit your child. And so it is all about to change, because this is the generation that while there are exciting things for them to do, no one is talking to them about how literally it's a world without borders for cartels and pedophiles and organized crime and how they use that to make that happen. And so that is the work of Million Kids. In fact, we're, we're hoping to raise the money to build a documentary for schools across America so that kids understand what the dark web is and how predators use it, they don't understand the world they live in. Uh, We hand them a phone, but we don't explain to them that it's called the World Wide Web, not the U.S. Web, and that there's nothing private on there. So this generation gets on the on the phone or on their uh, tablet, and they meet up with a total stranger. And they use the same kind of thinking in real life that they do on the Internet. And it is not the same. It is a fantasy world. Hey, I'm sorry. Now might be a good time to hit your website, which we'll do again at the end. But it's millionkids.org, millionkids.org. And the Facebook page also is uh, just go to Facebook, find Million Kids, and hit like. We post new cases of all kinds of this kind of thing every day, usually three to five cases a day. You know, I thought I was pretty tech hip, but I'm not familiar with the term vaporware. Can you tell people what that is? Yes, basically it's live streaming. And think about this. We are entering a world where parents can't keep you safe because unless they're in the room and seeing what you're doing, then they can't stop you. In vaporware, it's basically like live streaming. It takes us as law enforcement 12 hours to get a search warrant. Vaporware is gone in 10, 15, 20 seconds. And uh, to give you an understanding of how this looks, there's a new uh, technology, which is great technology, by the way. It's not the the technology. It's called Live.me. And in that, you live stream, and you can gather a large crowd, and they can talk to you, and they can reward you with virtual coins. It won't be long till they'll be giving you real money. And a recent case, this little girl's nine years old. She's twerking. Thank you, Miley Cyrus. Oh, boy. Anyway, and pretty soon she has 90 coins as they're rewarding her, and she's stripping. Mom and Dad are nowhere around. By the time Mom and Dad walked in, she's twerking naked and had over 10,000 views. And that's why we call it vaporware. Unless you're there when that happened, unless somebody freeze-framed it, it's over and it's gone. 
But that is how uh, pedophiles get those photographs and sell them in child pornography rings. God, that's so a that's horrifying like story. Yeah, my life has changed forever. I grew up in, uh, in a rural, small-town America, and, you know, there wouldn't be more than a handful of pervos within 100 miles of you, and, and sure. most people knew who they were. Right. Now, right. the whole world's pervo community right. is accessible, and, and more important than, you know, like you said, more important that they can access... It's that the pervs can access your child anywhere. Do, Anytime, do you have, do anywhere, you, and you won't be able to see it. There's encrypted messaging, disappearing video, uh, vaporware, cryptocurrency. All your kids are way out ahead of us in their ability to access and use that. And us as parents, we're either technophobic or techno-impotent. Boy, your whole thing about you can't compete with a fantasy, you can just imagine somebody who's good at this, you know, uh, uh, working on a kid about how, oh, they're being so unfair to you, the way they're making you do this oh, or boy. that, or not allowing you to do this or that. You get, it's it's pretty, pretty easy to picture. Do you have any recommendations for when you think kids should even have a smartphone? Because that's obviously the most dangerous thing. You're carrying that around everywhere you go. Well, first of all, a kid should never have a smartphone until you've had the sex talk with them because somebody else is going to have that sex talk with them. That's the first thing. I don't think a kid should have a smartphone until they complete puberty because you're giving them literally the highway to heaven of meeting strangers while they're going through puberty. And, you know, it's a natural kind of thing, and they're going to reach out to see who loves them, who likes them, who's impressed with them. And they'll think that's their private little secret, and with that they will get violated. I also believe that that having a phone is a conversation. You know, no is a very short sentence. And so the thing that you do is you start with your child to say, look, it's my phone, but I believe in you, and you're going to be a leader. I'm going to trust you with it. But because it's my phone, I'm going to check it. And, you know, I think about this. You will be the leader of the first generation that will lead all future generations Mm. on how to use technology with responsibility and respect. And if I'm giving you this, I'm going to expect you to show responsibility and respect, and I'm going to check to make sure you do that. And you build that trust, and in the meantime, I want you to teach me with it. If you get a video game, I'm getting an avatar, and we're going to play this together, and we're going to talk about digital morality. Hmm. That's interesting. Opal, uh, how did this issue first uh, cross your radar screen? How did you get so involved? Well, I've been working with human trafficking with the Riverside Sheriff um, uh, and their anti-human trafficking task force since 2010, and so I deal with real cases, and I get so many more sextortion cases. A new survey just came out this last couple of days that say that a minimum of 2 million kids in our country are being sextorted. And if you have a minute, I'd like to share with you what I mean by that, because this is an important conversation for parents to understand. Yeah, by all means. What what is happening is they get that fantasy relationship talking to a, a stranger they don't see, and that, that stranger gets them to go in and self-violate and send them a picture because they're thinking it's a boyfriend or girlfriend. And as soon as they get that photo, they start blackmailing this kid. Now think about, let's say you're 12 or 13 and you're going through puberty. All of a sudden what is happening is you are being exploited and there is nobody in the room with you. In other words, Uncle Joe would violate you. You have somebody you can blame. 
but you have self-violated it, sent it to them, and now you are watching yourself in an out-of-body experience. So you are judging yourself as being dirty, unclean, being duped, and like that. A message that I'm sure the exploiter reinforces. Oh, sure. And these kids will do anything before they tell a parent. It is not about the relationship between the child and the parent. It is about the fact that this child now has a double layer of shame going on, even before they've ever had a virtual or had a real sexual relationship. I believe for many of our kids, their first sexual relationship will be a virtual sexual relationship. Mm, I'm sure that's increasingly true. Sure, and if it's shame-based, and then you have another whammy, because once the parent sees it, now you have a whole other line of mental health needs with dad and mom as they're seeing an 11-year-old who has self-violated and it's gone out on the World Wide Web. And this is happening over and over. And so what happens is these kids cannot tell. And uh, I, I was talking to my pastor about it, and he was saying, the object of my contempt is me because they don't know how, you know, an 11, 12-year-old does not, know how to process adult shame, which is what has happened to them. And so this is a very serious matter that, first of all, pastors, uh, social workers, licensed marriage family therapists, parents all over the world need to understand. And secondly, we need to get, hopefully, this documentary made so that kids can understand it. I have trained over a quarter of a million kids or people in the world and I can tell you, when you talk to kids about things like Momo and sextortion, they get it. And we need to, we need to make this a national movement to get these kids educated. You're scaring the crap out of me. I don't know if that was your Good. goal. Good. You know, I love the idea of the documentary um, because, you know, there are so many different families and situations. But I always taught my kids that it, it, people contacting you online are just assume they are up to no good. Yes. Assume that. And always remember, and I told them this about personal encounters and online, is that people who want to do bad things to you are really, really good at their job. And their job is to make it seem like they're not a person who's going to do something bad to you. Remember, that is their skill. So if they come off as innocent or friendly or legitimate, that's proof of nothing. I mean, that, that's just, that's not evidence you should use. So, I, like I said, I love the idea of the, uh, the documentary. You are so right. And what is so important here is that this happens even in the best of families. Two-parent households, even your higher-end families will often have better equipment, and their kids are playing in the dark web, and you won't know about it. Yikes. And so what you're seeing is any kid that has excess time on the social media without supervision is the first child that's going to be easily sucked in. And so it is, it is just absolutely critical that we educate parents and we educate kids. And I can tell you, if you talk to kids, they listen. Uh, I just trained 1,400 of them in an assembly recently, and we talked about this Momo game that where kids are killing themselves all over the world. And it was amazing. None of the teachers, none of the principals knew about it, but at least a third of the kids in that audience knew about it. That is interesting. And, and you know, Momo is exactly the same kind of thing. It's basically, you know, they suck you in with a virus. They, this half-woman, half-chicken pops up on your phone. All over the world this is happening. And they tell the kid you want to play a game of dare. 
And uh, and so the kid can't resist because all of a sudden a, a calculator comes on the phone. They say, just pick a number, any number. The minute they pick a number, they have a virus that goes into the kid's um, photo album and also their uh, address book. And so as long as they play the game of dare, the kid thinks they're okay. The minute they try to quit playing, they go, wait a minute. Isn't this you and your naked girlfriend? And isn't this your address book? Because this photo is going on this address book to everyone you know if you stop playing. And literally, kids all over the world, what happens is in 12 hours or less, someone they've never met has come in and put them in such a shame state that some of the kids are actually jumping off buildings. Great, Scott. Yeah. I, I see in um, in uh, an article you wrote, a summary of the, the book, the first proposed solution is to get the victim of potential online sexual exploitation to self-identify. Uh, what, what does that sound like, that, uh, that speech, that instruction, that pep talk? Well, I, I'm just getting there with the release of that book, but I believe that we must, first of all, create a documentary so kids understand you know, this is how predators use the Internet, and you're not the only one. Because the first thing they do is put them in that shame box where they feel like they can't tell anybody. You know, they, they absolutely get desperate, and some of these kids end up killing themselves. So if we can create this to say, you're not the only one, this is happening to 2 million people, so don't fall prey for it, but if you have then what I'd like to do is see create an organization where we can have counselors that are on the other end of a phone, uh, that we can have it set up so that they can forward the solicitation into so they can be sorted and sent off to law enforcement. These are whole rings that are doing this, by the way. Yeah. But give them some way, first of all, to realize they're not alone, and two, give them a way to report and explain to them they can report anonymously. I also think that it's important to train parents on how to handle this because if you, one of the reasons they're not telling you, first of all, nobody wants to be rejected in a sexual act with a uh, parent, but on top of it, they don't want to lose their phone. So it's important to train parents to let them know you still believe in them, you trust them, you're there with them, you're not going to judge them. But that's not easy being a parent. So I got to ask about boys since I got two young boys, um, and I, I generally with this stuff always pictured girls. So lots of boys get uh, sucked into the, the bad side of the world through video games. They do. Think about a video game. First of all, most video games now have a lot of sex in them, so you're already feeling sexual. And then you have an avatar and you have a score, and what is happening is you need to please the people in your chat room. And they've got the heat on you, plus you're loyal to them because you're playing against other chat rooms. So the people in the chat room are seeing sexual activity in the video game animated, and so are you. And they're talking to you, and you want their approval. So it automatically creates an environment of, of trust and loyalty and opening the door uh, to do things that you normally wouldn't do because you need their approval. And that's how it starts, and then a girl enters the room, and she sends a naked photo, and she wants one back, and you let your drop, your guard drop. Sure. Classic grooming, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th- that's something. So, listen, uh, the, the child thing in educating our children is obviously priority number one um, for most of the people listening to the podcast, uh, but there's also the 
you know, importation of, of foreign nationals, male and female, who literally become slaves in, in enormous numbers as well. Uh, I know it's a terrible problem in San Francisco, for instance, and, and all over the place. Yeah, and it will get worse because as the world comes together, you're connecting third world people that now have devices to be accessed, and they're living on $5 a day, so you're going to have a massive kind of outreach. You're, I believe that cyber sex on demand, first of all, will uh, outgrow even human trafficking where you're actually going out to a motel because you can get those people in front of a webcam and, you know, be selling uh, pornography. By the way, our kids can also shortly be doing it in their back room and selling it. But third world people are going to be very, very vulnerable. Now, what is happening in America, and that's only about a fourth of the, of the activity that we actually have, but it's serious. What's happening in America is these people are being brought in and being forced into sex in order to be able to pay back their coyote. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really troubling. Uh, so, obviously, you know, becoming a part of your organization, logging on the website, getting the information at millionkids.org or the Facebook page is, is a great place to start. Um, you know, I'd recommend people volunteer for or look into, donate generously to uh, programs for foster foster kids. Runaways and that sort of thing. And if if people want to help us raise the funding to get these documentaries out for both parents and kids, I desperately would appreciate that. If they want to educate themselves about it, there's two resources that really is um, that's helpful. One is I have a book. You can get it from MillionKids.org or from Amazon. But more of the money goes to our organization if it comes from us, and I'll sign it. Uh, and it's called Seduce the Grooming of America's Teenagers, and it really walks you through the psychological processes in the grooming procedure for both sex trafficking and sextortion. The other thing is, if you really want in-depth information, I run a podcast of my own, and all of those shows are uh, archived at uh, exploitedcrimes.com. There's over 100 hours of in-depth training, and they're absolutely free. You just download them, you can share them, and and like that, and they're all titled. And the last three I've done, by the way, are on sextortion and the prism of shame that I talked about earlier. Is it fair to say that uh, in the battle between the forces of good and the forces of evil on this particular topic of exploiting, uh, you know, young people online, that the forces of of bad are, are winning right now? Yeah, I think it's unfortunate that I do believe that. I mean, I I live in this world. I see, you know, kids forced to drink their own urine, lick toilets. I mean, you you would not believe what they force these kids to do to keep them enslaved so that nobody finds out about the naked photos. This reaches a level of evil you can't even imagine. Having said that, I am determined that you can use technology and social media for good. And that is the reason why you run your podcast, and you're doing exactly that by your work, by allowing me on uh, my own podcast, by educating all over the world, by helping kids understand we're going to do that through social media. So there's many powerful ways to use social media for good, and I think it's about time we focused on it and made it happen. Opal Singleton, president and CEO of Million Kids. Opal, great to talk to you. Thanks a million. Thank you. You got it. Well, that uh, was horrifying. Uh, Oh, yeah. It needs to be heard, but. Oh, yeah.
Yeah, both uh, true on both counts. Now, I continue to stand by my assertion that the world was better off before the Internet, So, but there's no going back, I suppose, at this point. God Ooh, dang yeah, it. Good luck with that, that whole inviting all the the, ba- the worst people in the world into your kid's room. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every street is now the worst street in your city, if that helps your kids picture it. The street you live on is now the most dangerous part of town. And you don't want to make your kids paranoid, but, it, boy, it's so difficult because the bad guys are so good at what they do. Not only the seduction, but then keeping their grips on the young person that they're exploiting, whether... I mean, whether it's the classic pimp, um, you can, I, I vowed years ago never to refer to an underage uh, sex slave as a prostitute because they're not. They're, they're child sex slaves. Um, that classic pimp relationship, loved, love and beatings. But I'm talking about the online exploitation uh, where they not only groom them and get their hooks in them, but then fill them with so much guilt and fear that the kids don't know what to do. And I think the only antidote to that is to... To be very frank with kids, listen, this happens to a lot of kids. We all have body parts. Some of them we keep hidden. If you get fooled into showing them and something bad starts happening, well, look, we all have those parts. So don't be embarrassed. Call the hotline. Tell mom and dad or whatever. There's got to be a way for them to come forward during steps one and two. And they've got to understand, oh, this is steps one and two I heard about. Because by the time they get you down the road into three and four, um, where you've done some stuff you're really, really ashamed of, then it's even harder. You know, I've been offering my body parts online and no takers. Mm. Free of charge? No, nobody's interested. Different topic. Yeah. Yeah, man, that is something. That is something. And, uh, you know, it's pretty clear from the conversation. That's why I asked the question. It, the, the bad guys are winning right now. So it's gonna take uh, it's gonna take a while for everybody everybody to become aware of of how it works, what's going on. Oh yeah, the good guys are always catching up to the bad yeah. guys. It's just yeah. the way the world works. Triple dub dot million kids dot org.